everybody. Welcome back to Mile Hard Podcast, episode 90. We've hit the 90 mark. I know. I can't believe we've almost done 100 episodes. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? Someone was asking. We got to go big. Do something Don't really promise good. them something too good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a really requested topic. I mean, don't get too excited. We can't like promise the world here, but... Yeah, and hopefully by the 100th, we'll be in our studio, so maybe we can yeah. do something cool. Oh, let's hope. That. 10 episodes from now, we better yeah, be. Yeah, we better be. We better be. <laughs> That's like 10 weeks from now. But today, everyone, we are doing a ponder sesh. We are. It is Keeping kind it of a today. mixed bag of everything. If you've not heard one before, it's just kind of like talking about a wide variety of smaller topics that we can't make into full podcasts and kind of sharing with each other. We each brought a few to the table yeah it's kind of fun to just come here and enlighten each other about different yeah. random things and it is fun interesting stories i'm sure you guys will find interesting as well mm-hmm. but we also wanted to talk real quick that we our merch dropped kendall's actually if you're watching on yes. youtube she's wearing one of the new hoodies um we have a new and improved merch shop mm-hmm. milehire.com this is the mountain crest hoodie yeah it's really cool lots of new new stuff on there um there's gonna be more stuff added here soon yeah. Um, and quantities are limited. So if you want something, go get that shit because it's limited. It yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then I uh, also want to thank our sponsors for today's episode, Snow, Ritual, Stamps.com, and Upstart. Um, thank you guys for sponsoring the show. But let's just go ahead and jump right into this week's news topics. The first story, um, I actually hadn't really heard a lot until I started actually looking around online uh, for stories. And apparently... The Keystone Pipeline leaked 383,000 gallons of crude oil in North Dakota. And it seems like really nobody's giving a shit um, as far as like lots of mainstream coverage and things like that. Because, yeah, like what the hell? This is really bad because, I mean, oil spills are really nasty and really affect the environment and animals and water um, and the people that live where these spills happen. So there hasn't been any major news network coverage. I no, really I mean, I mean, anymore, the so. you know, the mainstream media is starting to put out articles online, but mm-hmm. I really haven't seen anything on TV or anything insane. like that. that much. And yeah, really it's scary. A, it's of course, they don't want to report that, though. Right. Well, yeah, the energy companies don't want that mm-hmm. to get out, especially since they're trying to extend the Keystone pipeline. Right. Right. The Keystone XL expansion, which would which was all those protests and, you know, mm-hmm. all the uh, Native American reservations up there. That's going to go across and. This is exactly what they're afraid of. They're afraid of leakages like this where, yeah. you know, you would think for these energy companies for as much money and profits as they generate that they would have some better way to monitor their pipeline. Yeah, make sure things go right. Like, why aren't they, like, flying a drone up and down the pipeline, like, all Honestly. day making sure that there's not leakages? I mean, it really makes no sense. Because 383,000 gallons is quite a bit of oil yes. uh, to just, like, oh, oops. Quite a bit, yeah. You just notice that the pressure... They said like the pressure, like they get a pressure drop in the gauges. They have like, they have ways to monitor it to some it. extent. Right. So they knew and they said, oh, we shut it down, blah, blah, blah. But the damage is already done. Yeah. Um. This is a wetland area and it's about half an acre uh, just filled with toxic <gasps> sludge everywhere. Oh, gosh. And oil is just like such a pain to clean up. You really can't clean it up that well. Right. Um, Especially and, with that much of it. Yeah, exactly. And it seeps down into the ground and into the soil and, you know potentially into groundwater that ends up in people's homes so yeah so of course they don't want to really report on this yeah exactly Turns out the people were right exactly and i mean i don't know i'm I just like don't understand why we're still investing in crude oil and this pipeline when clearly we need to switch off of fossil fuels mm-hmm. 
if we want to, you know, our planet to survive, to survive. and for us to survive. Like, why Period. are we still even bothering with this? Like, it just seems like such a pain. Like, yeah. I, I read another article, like, we can generate enough wind power to completely take us off of everything. Like, oh you know, you can do offshore wind farms and things like that. It's just, it's so weird. I mean, we know what it is. It comes back to the control that these oil companies have and energy right. companies have. And they don't want this to go away. So mm-hmm. they're willing to put us all at risk in the name of oil. So it's disgusting. But this next story is really interesting. Um, kind of confirms all of our suspicions. But a forensic pathologist, um, a private pathologist, I should say, Dr. Michael Baden, um, essentially was there during Jeffrey Epstein's autopsy and observed it. And he's now speaking out. And this guy's a well-known uh, pathologist, actually. He was involved in high-profile cases such as uh, the O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. uh, the police murder of Michael Brown and Ferguson. Um, and he was actually hired by Epstein's brother to observe the autopsy because clearly they don't, you know, I, even his brother's suspicious about what had happened to him. You know, they he didn't believe yeah. that this was a suicide. No, I mean, it's so clear. It's not that you know, out of the box to think this was not a suicide. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's yeah. It's almost blatantly obvious that it wasn't a suicide. Yeah. So he hired this guy, Michael Baden, and he was just recently interviewed on, uh, Fox and friends actually. So during the interview that he did with, uh, the Fox and friends, they asked him straight up, are you saying you don't think it was a suicide? And he replied, I think that the evidence points toward homicide, rather than suicide going on reiterate that the fractures in the hyoid bone are very unusual for suicide and more indicative of strangulation interesting yeah so like you know how at first they're like oh yeah that's like typical with suicide but it's actually seems like it's more typical in a strangulation yeah Yeah. exactly it's a different type of pressure yeah you know someone's hands versus Versus a rope yeah and again the whole like official story of him like jumping off the bunk or hanging from the bunk just what Hanging himself on his knees I just like can't makes no see sense. It happening. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's just so sketchy. It really is. It, it. Yeah, I don't know even how they came to that conclusion. So when they first found Epstein, they kind of rushed a conclusion that he had committed suicide. But in fact, at the time of the autopsy, the doctor doing the autopsy didn't think there was enough information to say suicide. So she put it pending further study. But now wow. the family wants to know why it was changed from pending to further study to suicide like why they just changed that ruling uh so easily like that because there's people behind the scenes pulling the strings making things something weird's going on um but then they also asked uh the pathologist did he have any signs of trying to fight back and baden explained that he looked at the fingernail clippings to see if there was any else's dna on it but he hasn't released the result of that yet oh wow yeah Neither has or neither about the information, uh, the DNA on the ligature actually hasn't been released as well, which was uh, what he used to hang himself, essentially. Wow. So whoever made it or put it on him should have some DNA on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just says, we don't know yet. We, it hasn't been um, completely examined yet. So that would be pretty telling if they can. <sighs> yeah, you know, definitely. If that it's even there anymore. I mean, as we know, a lot of times these types of items just disappear just crazy all the sketchiness though surrounding uh, his death it, it really the fact is. that two prison guards fell asleep like what are the chances of that i know and it feels like the general public feels like something weird happened you know it doesn't seem like it's just the conspiracy people like most people are like okay this looks very strange yeah i think yeah i think the mass majority of the the population thinks that he was 
murdered. Yeah, I do too. And that this wasn't a suicide. Seems pretty obvious. And plus, it it makes total sense, like, why people would want to have him killed. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. Totally. There's many people out there who could want to take Jeffrey Epstein out. Totally. Or people in, you know, coming together to do it as a group. Very true. Conspiring is what conspiracy means. Exactly. As much as this could be a conspiracy, could it have been just an inmate that didn't you know didn't like him or what he did Mm. and just took him out i mean it's possible but i would say i don't believe that as much as it's something more organized because it seems like for all these other things to go wrong like the cameras to not work super well yeah the fact there's no footage of yeah of like the top you know the most high and then there were guards like asleep yeah two of them yeah they both fell asleep yeah like that I mean, it kind of seems like there's some corruption going yeah, on through conspiring the whole system. Happening. Yeah, yeah, that people are being like paid off. Yeah. So I don't think a prisoner could pull this off just because they don't like him. And why would they want to like whatever? If you're bad enough to be being kept with Jeffrey Epstein, you're probably in there for life. Anyone that could actually get it, their hands on him, Unless and at that point, paid off or something. Why would you try to know. hide it and yeah. make it seem like a suicide? True. Yeah. You know, Why wouldn't you want to be like the there. one that took out Jeffrey Epstein? Right. So I feel like it wouldn't be this like big hidden yeah. thing if. Yeah. So. Well, it I seems, mean, it really seems like there was an organized plot to take him within out. the correctional facility. Yeah. Even. Like it seems like they may have staged this. Yeah. Well, and didn't this all happen right before he actually passed away, like a month before or weeks before or something? There was another attack on him. Yeah. Yeah. That so. was when he was with the roommate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all probably the same thing. That was probably an attempt that just didn't work. Yeah, very much. It definitely could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really crazy. We there, may never know, though. As we don't with many things, we never know the truth about some of these yeah. crazy events. Cause they certainly stopped talking about him on the mainstream. Yeah. Most people forgot about it. Yeah, it ha- really hasn't been out there that much. Mm-hmm. I haven't been talking about it. It's being covered up and forget about it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really wild stuff. But the next uh, story I wanted to talk about was something we uh, talked about last week, actually, with the UK truck um, with 39 people found frozen to death inside of it. Right. And we just wanted to tell you guys also that we re- we do record these episodes in advance. I know we always post we post the video on Wednesdays and the audio on Mondays, but we film them normally like days before that, like right. Friday or sometimes even Thursday. So um Last time we said we weren't sure how the people had died. They had, there was a lot of rumor and up in the air stuff. Yeah, there really wasn't much released. But it had come out. It had come out already once the episode went up. So it kind of looked like we were missing things. But just a reminder, we do film in advance. Not everything. Yeah, I didn't out. have all the facts yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's essentially what happened. We know his name is Maurice Robinson, mm-hmm. a 25 year old who was driving this truck, and he's from Northern Ireland, actually. And he was charged with the 39 counts of manslaughter, conspiracy to traffic people, conspiracy to assist unlawful uh, immigration and money laundering. And he's due in court on November 25th. But police are saying that they believed at first that all the people that were dead were Chinese citizens, but more than 20 Vietnamese families, almost all from the same region, have since uh, expressed fears that their loved ones were among the victims. They still have an ID to everybody um, in the truck. It's probably going to take a while. Right. From all over the place, too, these people. Well, it seems like it could even be, all of them could be possibly from Vietnam. 
Oh, really? All of them? All of them could wow. be. Yeah, there's been conflicting reports. Like some have yeah. said it's Chinese, some have said it's uh, Vietnamese, but mm -hmm. um, it seems like it could be even all Vietnamese because Vietnam is a, a hotbed for human trafficking. There's a lot of human trafficking that comes out of some of Vietnam's poorest regions. There's actually criminal gangs there that exploit young people and you know people are desperate to get out mm -hmm. of these poverty conditions and you know try to have a chance somewhere else and they swoop these are in. like immigrants pretty much yeah well th what they do is they trick them they say hey mm -hmm. you know we'll give you money to send back to your family we'll get you there and all of that and you know in reality it's not really what they're doing mm -hmm. um, most of the time so yeah it's it's just really fucked up um, but they're actually looking still for two brothers from Northern Ireland in connection uh, to these deaths. Wow. Christopher Hughes and Ro Ronan Hughes. So, yeah, look out for them if you're uh, in those areas because what a bunch of bad, bad dudes. Seriously. For real. I just can't believe people traffic other humans. Like, I know, it's and, pretty shocking. And think that that is remotely okay. I know. I mean, you have to be such scum to take the only thing that we really have to hold on to as human, which is like freedom, you know, at the very least, your mm -hmm. freedom is like so important. And to just like take someone and try to own them and treat them as a property, an animal, a yeah, livestock like, or something yeah, is yeah. unbelievable that people can do that with a straight face. And it happens so much all over the place, all over the world. Yeah. In places you would least expect it. It's pretty shocking. That guy like people. posted a selfie. Like yeah. smiling and stuff. How yeah. do you sleep at uh, night? How do you bro? even get into this stuff? That's what I, I don't even understand how you get into this world. It must be desperate to have to get into this. Yeah. I mean, geez. I mean, I don't even know what kind of money is in it. Like the risk that you take is yeah, insane. It so. must be decent money if people are taking these huge risks to God, 39 people in the back. That's just so crazy. Oh yeah. The other thing that I was going to say is uh, somebody that actually drives trucks in the UK, I believe. Uh, shout out to you for for messaging me about this and explaining how it works because I had said that you know that came from Bulgaria and it oh, came from like it, Western right. Europe to England and England's obviously an, an island so there's that tunnel and apparently only the cab of the truck I believe goes through the tunnel and the trailer just gets put on a ship I believe like a ferry and they ferry it to the UK mm -hmm. so uh, the two are separate but then they you know at the port they reconnect them so yeah, pretty crazy stuff though. But this last story I've got comes right out of Colorado and and this has gained some national attention because it's pretty, I don't know. Well, let's see what you think about it. So this, this man, Leo Leck, uh, had a 19-hour SWAT operation happen at his house in 2015 where the police literally tore out every window of his house and pretty much reduced his house to rubble. And the city is saying that they're not going to pay for any of the damages that its officers caused, even though he had no connection to the incident that happened. Um, so basically some, there was a criminal in his house. Yeah. This guy who's a shoplifting suspect. Yeah. A shoplifting suspect took off. Yeah. Broke into this guy's house and then like hid in there and then hid in there. And he also, he was running cause he had a lot of felony warrants too. It wasn't just a shop. Right. You know, it's like, say, why would a shoplifter be, he stole a pack of gum. Yeah. No, this was a wanted guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that they were trying to get. And they just destroyed this house coming after this guy. Well, I mean, they really tried for bad. like five hours to get him to come out and surrender. Um, but then he started firing at officers and that's when they 
um, decided to fire back and then enter the home itself. Oh my and gosh. They breached the doors with an armored vehicle, used explosives to blast holes in the walls. They flung tear gas canisters inside and fired 40 millimeter rounds at the home. All his windows are like gone. It's just rubble yep. hanging out. Completely Ugh, so bad. destroyed the house. And the city of Greenwood Village actually offered to pay $5,000 for temporary living costs for the family, but otherwise it didn't have to pay for the damage. That's just, that's so not the, right. <laughs> yeah, like if the police fuck up your house in a in a raid, they mm -hmm. don't have to, they have no liability for that. Well, I mean, at the same time, like it's not necessarily their fault because they're here to protect and serve. They're doing their job. They should hold sense. the criminal accountable, but obviously he's probably not going to give you shit. Right. Yeah, and so this homeowner has actually been trying to like, get some money back for this and he took it yeah. up to the u.s Distri district court of appeals on um, the 10th circuit and they actually ruled that they were not liable wow so he's literally getting no help from the government whatsoever totally to rebuild screwed. his house and oh his insurance God. is only paying three hundred forty-five thousand for the damage to the house and the home appraised at a cost of five hundred eighty thousand. that's insane so oh, he has I'd to come out of so pocket pissed it had nothing to do with him just because some fucking asshole hit in your house yeah it had not literally un completely chance that this happened to him and he literally had to take out a whole nother mortgage loan on on a new house that's absurd i can't believe that imagine if that happened to you oh how awful i'd be so mad there should be something in place like that yeah there really should be another example is if your car is searched by a police dog they let the dog go into the car yeah. And if the dog fucks up your car, they're like, not liable the for it. Yeah. Like if they were to wow. jump in your, you know, if you had a really nice car with nice seats and it scratched it up or broke your screen in your well, car. They barely have any funding as it is. So how would they pay for it? Yeah, exactly. Wow. But nobody's liable and it's just on you. That's crazy. I don't know. It's kind of a controversial thing and he's actually trying to take it up to the Supreme Court. Wow. Really? To appeal this uh, decision that was made. Because, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't think that's exactly fair to force him to pay all that extra money no, or something that has that's not nothing fair to do with at him. all. That's I mean, I'd be zero percent fair. I'd be very mad. Yeah, I'd be fighting all the way. This poor guy. That sucks. What's the lesson learned here is make sure you have adequate home insurance. Yeah, I'm assuming that he didn't have adequate coverage for the house or just maybe he didn't have a great insurance provider. Like that's why, as I've learned, you know, get good homeowner's insurance and make sure you have over the amount you need to rebuild your house in the event something like this happens. So right. I don't know, really crazy stuff. But before we get into some of our other interesting topics today, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. Okay. So this kind of came out like two years ago, 2000 or three years ago even, but a lot of people don't know about this. Have you ever heard of Vanta black? Negative Vanta black. It is a type of material that is the darkest material on earth. So like the darkest thing possible other than a black hole. Wow. Absolutely no light reflects off of this. Well, barely any. Yeah, it's um, like point, point 0.035% is yep. the amount of visible light yep. that it reflects. It, it was developed by Surrey Nanosystems in the United Kingdom. And it absorbs 99.965% of visible light. That's insane. And so it's not like a color, like you can't like paint like with it. It does substance. come in like a paint thing, but um, it's basically a bunch of tubes that are really close together, but they're like smaller than an atom. All these little, they're called like nanotubes. Whoa, that's crazy. 
And when you shine any light at it, it like does not reflect. So when you look at something like you don't see any type of shadow. So this is an example. So it looks every it looks like you're staring into the abyss. Right. Of a black. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Okay. So there's this like head on it. Yeah. But as it turns, you won't be able to see it like at all. Completely Ooh. blends. Oh, wow. No light. Yeah. No lights bouncing off of it. Not at all. Wild. So it's almost it's like almost creating an invisibility type of substance, you know. Right. Like at night, you're not going to see that at all. You're mm-hmm. going to be invisible with phantom black. Maybe. <laughs> no, you are cuz like the amount of light there is already at night is very minimal, so you're going to be essentially invisible. I mean, <laughs> essentially. But there's <laughs> well, there's a car. There's a phantom oh, black cool BMW, shit. the darkest car in the say, world. You, I wonder if you can wrap this material onto things, and it looks yep. like you can. Oh, that's sick! Isn't that? It's like super if dark. I had endless money. I would, I would get, get my that. Jeep wrapped in Vanta black. That'd be sweet. Isn't that cool? Ooh, that's really cool. Yeah, it literally looks like you're looking at because you know it's not just like a normal matte black or a metallic black. It's, it's like the darkest thing you can look at. It's darker. Because there's zero yeah. light essentially hitting, reflecting. And apparently, I mean, we can only see it through the screen. We don't have any in front of us. But apparently it's really in interesting person, to I'm look sure at. In person, I'm sure it's way crazier to look yeah, at. Yeah, like it's... they had people on BuzzFeed like react to looking oh, at really? a piece of it. Because it's just so dark. That's cool. Um, and it's this special material. Huh. So yeah, like I said, it's composed of a forest of vertical tubes that are grown on a substrate using a modified chemical vapor deposition process. Wow. Sounds like some really advanced shit. So it actually traps the light, huh? It yes. like completely traps it, mm-hmm. absorbing it, and then dissipates it into heat. Mm-hmm. It swallows light. That's so cool. Pretty much. Wow. That's yeah. That's incredible. So NASA has previously developed similar substances to this, huh. but they haven't been able to make it like completely dark. Yeah, uh, but they want to make something more heat resistant than Vanta Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's not so great. But now it's been approved for artistic use, and it actually does come in like a paint. Uh, it's called Vanta Black S slash VIS, and it's a sprayable paint that uses randomly aligned carbon nanotubes and only has a high absorption in the visible light band, and has been exclusively licensed to Anish Kapoor their studio actually for artistic use. And a lot of people have been really pissed about this. A lot of art, other artists. Yeah, because I'm it's sure. Like, like why would you make it exclusive to one studio? Yeah. Like, what the hell? So that's how it is as of right now. But I thought it was really interesting. I had never heard about it before I saw this. I always wondered about that. I'm like, I'm sure we're figuring out ways to create new colors and new types of materials. materials it's like, it's endless. And it's can tech- you own it? Like imagine yeah. if someone had owned a color. Yeah. Red. True. Yeah, you'd be really rich right now. <laughs> so, I don't know. But it's really I think, interesting. But this is like more of like a material. It, it is. Seems. It's and really not it's a not color. The black color. No, it's, it's a material. The fact that this material absorbs all this light. It's. I can only imagine all the cool things you could create from this material. Totally. Like imagine a Batman suit in this <laughs> Hell material. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That like, would be sweet. That'd be the coolest. I should make Halloween a superhero that wears this Vanta black. That would be like a good name for a call him like Vanta Black. You just call him that Black Hole. The Black Hole. The Black Hole. That'd yeah. be cool. Hell yeah. Because like he, they become invisible once they go into the like dark or shadows. They're just gone. You can't see them. 
even though they're good... right in front of you. Yeah, you should write a Marvel, comic, Josh. Hit me up. I got, I got some great, good ideas. Great stuff. The 100%. black hole. I would come up with that. <laughs> it's excellent. So this story is quite interesting. Uh, Russian Russian researchers found a secret Nazi era Arctic weather station. This is crazy. So on this island of Alexandra land in the Arctic Circle, um, it's been um, often dismissed as a myth. But 72 years later, Russian researchers have stumbled on the site of a lost weather station along with a handful of wartime relics from the 1940s. This station was known as the Fortune Seeker. It was a secret Nazi-era meteorological station that was operated by Germany on the Franz Josef Land archipelago during the Second World War. It was reportedly abandoned and destroyed in July 1944, and the story goes that all of the scientists on this island became severely ill with trichinosis. Ooh, what's know, that? I don't even know what that is. But apparently they got it after being forced to eat infected polar bear meat. Ew, during what a the stint actual of fuck? Low supplies. So it's they a ran parasitic of... disease. Thank you, Joe. Oh, nasty. That is the does that <sighs> not scare the shit out of you? Eww. Caused by roundworms. Ooh. Oh. Doesn't that sound so horrible? Like, imagine a it's doctor a... telling you you've got a, a parasitic, parasite yeah. or a worm at like Oh, fuck no. I'd be like, just kill me then. Well, that's what happened. They died. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. If this was untreated. Yeah. But the meteorologists were actually rescued and the camp was thought to have been destroyed. Over the decades of time, the harsh weather up there, people thought that it completely eroded everything and there was nothing left of the settlement. But artifacts have been discovered on the island and... These objects bear Nazi insignias and swastikas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Nazis were up in the Arctic Circle, which is interesting. There's a lot of theories about that and stuff. We might have to do a whole episode on that. Because could they have been in the South Pole as well, in Antarctica? I think it's very possible. It seems like, it really seems like the, you know, Nazis really wanted world domination. Yeah. And they were going to do whatever it took. I think that's what, like, Mein Kampf was about right his yeah, book, yeah hitler's book he did he wanted to completely control the world yeah like he may not have outright said that but like subtly yeah i remember i think actually he pretty much did outright say that yeah but yeah it seemed like they were doing there was there's other proof of them doing stuff up there there's so many theories regarding nazis well in yeah Antarctica. i mean yeah totally yeah there's actually a theory about a nazi expedition to antarctica where they were exploring and mapping the area and they uncovered a multitude of underground caves and rivers. And one of the caves was particularly large and was turned into a large city that would be home to both Nazis and other powerful groups like the Illuminati. And along mm. the way, the Germans either came across alien technology or made contact with aliens. There's this whole like alien Nazi theory going on with Antarctica, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, we could probably do a whole episode on that. We really should. Yeah. It's interesting. I want to know more about it. There's a lot. Well, and that that's not the only theory. There's other theories, too, There's about tons. what's hidden below the ice of Antarctica. Tons. The Antarctica theories are just very vast. We honestly would need to do, like, multiple episodes to cover them all, like, fully. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot, for sure. There is. But I don't even know, like, if there was stuff there, is it still there today? You know, is there still True. bunkers right. and things like that? Yeah, because a lot, a lot, there's a lot of theories that believe that they 
you know, had this advanced technology and they kind of colonized mm-hmm. and built a base and bunkers in Antarctica. I mean, if they're building a weather station up in the Arctic Circle on that island, why wouldn't they be doing that type of stuff in Antarctica? Right. I mean, that makes sense. Clearly, they were trying to, you know, set up all of these strategic locations all over the world. So it only makes sense. Uh, but about 500 items of historical value have been collected on the grounds of the former um, station that was on that island. And it includes uh, munitions and military equipment and everyday items, personal effects, and fragments of meteorological devices. But crazy, all that stuff's been there for so many years. And, you know, we're just now picking it up and putting the pieces together. That is. So, there's just so much interesting things in history that have been lost to time, you know, like so many things mm-hmm. that have just been buried beneath the ice or buried beneath the sand or buried beneath the ocean. And, you know, know. we're just like, it's just sitting there waiting for somebody to come I and know. find it. And Doesn't that drive you crazy? Don't you wish you could p- just go out and do it yourself? I do. <laughs> That's what I want to be in my next life is a, is a archaeologist. I actually used to say I want to be an archaeologist. I used oh, to really? say everything. Not. Yeah. He's really, this is getting ridiculous, Josh. Everything. Like, oh my God, I just yeah. want to be everything. But really at one time I did want to be an archaeologist <laughs> or everything. a paleontologist. I'm sorry. I wanted to be a paleontologist. Oh, really? When I was young, yes. Oh, I never heard this. After going to the museum, I was You also wanted to be a doctor and a vet. And an astronaut and pizza delivery. (laughs) (laughs) And a Starbucks barista. Yes, that's my name. That's what you said the other day in the drive-thru. I wish there was a way that I could just go do all these just for like a week. And just like Josh, and the other day you were like saying, oh, I wish it'd be like, I want to do the construction job. It looks really fun. You just like want to like do you taste of hate job. building IKEA furniture? You think you're gonna <laughs> yeah. go build yourself a studio? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I just wanted to drive. You wanted to the, drive their little... the bulldozer thing. Yeah, the bobcat. <laughs> oh, the studio was delayed again, guys, because the snow. We got, we got snow in Colorado. Blizzard. Yeah, for days. Dumped on like Dumped. eight inches, big time. Yeah. Oops. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Yep. But next week, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'll believe it when I see it at this point. <laughs> Seriously, you guys are probably like, yeah, we're not expecting it for another year. <laughs> yeah, because for those of you listening, and if you've never watched us on YouTube, we're literally sitting at a table. Yeah. In the basement. We talked about this before, but yeah. it's a card table with a <laughs> cloth, yeah, it's cloth not the, over it. It's not as nice as our Well, it's, it's hard to have a card table. It's not just because it's a card table. It's because it's these heavy mics are on it. And so they're like, they can't really be supported by these, this like plastic table we're using. Yeah. Yep. One day we'll have a studio again. (laughs) We will. It's just taking a little time. It's been a little test of our patience, but. It'll be worth it. Yeah, it will be. So what about John Wayne Gacy's house, that motherfucker? Okay, so this is kind of interesting. Loki, I just was curious about this whole situation, but would you guys ever buy a house that sits on the lot where John Wayne Gacy murdered 33 people. Would you ever be willing? Would I do it? Do Absolutely. It? Of course your ass would. I didn't even need to ask. Janelle, <laughs> what do you think? Um, Maybe if it was already torn down. And yes, let me clarify. It is torn down. His house is gone. So they built that a house one. was fucked. That house oh, was yeah. filled with bodies. You couldn't. You couldn't. No, remodel that no, they, they probably not then actually i don't think so you know what i'm gonna retract my statement and say i would not put an offer in even if it was discounted at 10 percent mm, that's or a discounted good, price that's a good discount <laughs> i think i'd do it for a 
McDonald's a bitch loves fry. a deal. <laughs> I know you do love a deal. I love a sale. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know if I'd be regretting that later, thinking about what's going on. Well, think about all the spirits that died there. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about haunted, right? Even in a new house, I feel like just the grounds in general. Well, yeah, they always say that stuff that's built on burial grounds is, you know, can be active with spirits. So exactly. Why, I mean, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Um, But yeah, this house originally had 29 bodies in it when it was discovered in 1978, which we have a whole podcast on Jane Wayne. Jane Wayne. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. John Wayne. John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Sorry, I always screw up his name for some reason. Um, But we have a whole podcast on it. If you have not heard it, we will link it below. Um, Crazy, crazy serial killer. Yeah, he really was. Um, He buried just about all his victims there. 33 of them total but he only buried 30 or 29 in the actual house the rest he um he ran out of room that sick fuck and had to start he um put the rest of them in the des plains river yeah the the amount of paranormal activity though in that in that area i think would yeah be, would it's gotta be, be intense pretty, pretty intense if you were asking there's somebody that would buy it yeah zach bagans uh, would definitely buy it because uh, oh, like a he's haunted the, person. He's the you know famous paranormal guy on yeah. Ghost Adventures. Yeah, um, he would buy it because he actually bought a haunted house, uh, the Demon House. Well, he should jump on it because seven years after he they might. found the bodies in it, a new home was built on the lot. They bulldozed the house down. Holy! And basically, this woman bought it for her uh, parents. She um, <laughs> just decided mean? to build them a house. And she she got it for a really good deal. Oh, where is this? Sorry. Um, she was from Chicago and she bought the house for thirty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But still, built the land. It was a major discount on the land because like yeah. no one wanted it. Right. And then she built the house. But even now, as a new built house, um, the real estate market is still pers- they're you know generally expecting to get a discount of about ten percent. Yeah. Well, yeah, because people are going to want to know, like, mm-hmm. why are you giving the discount? Yeah, as exactly. As you, I think a lot. Well, they're of not people, giving the discount. They're just they're expecting to have to take of a loss right, of at yeah, least ten. Yeah. Somebody's going to be like, hey, I don't think I'll they're going to be able to sell it for whatever they're selling the it for price. now. Sorry, my notes are all over the place. Four fifty nine. It's a twenty five square twenty five hundred square foot and um, or no. Oh, the lot itself is 9,000 square feet, and then the actual square footage of the property is 2,500 feet square feet. Yeah. Three bedroom, two bath, 459. It's advertised as a beautiful brick home with an updated kitchen that overlooks a huge backyard. Watch, watch this house. Watch somebody buy this house, move in, and it's you know the <laughs> it's next, the next, the next house we see on you know, all the paranormal shows Yeah, because the owner's calling them to the house being like, mm-hmm. my house is extremely haunted. There's all kinds of crazy shit. Well, you think you're definitely seeming to think that someone's going to buy this that is interested in it for it's being haunted, but they're not advertising it that at all. Well, they're like no. totally trying to hide the fact that, you know, this was John Wayne yeah, Gacy's but house. Come on. Somebody's going to figure it out. No, people know for the sure. Neighbors I mean, there's articles be like, all over it. Oh uh, yeah. You know, there was a body bodies buried beneath your house. Yeah, at 29. Yeah. I feel like you should have to disclose something like that. How do they even if there know? was a mass murder that occurred on the property, I feel like you need to tell the owner. Let's hope they actually like dug up the whole lot too to make sure that there's not like some oh, remnants. There are dogs out there and they bring something in. 
yeah i mean if you think about it like who doesn't you know for all we know he could have hid other other things and people on the lot somewhere i think they think they got it all <laughs> well let's hope so because yeah it's pretty scary stuff yeah so that would be a no you know. would not buy it josh is a yes janelle's a no i don't think i would buy this shit I'd, no way i'd flip or flop it i mean it doesn't matter it's already been flipped and flopped i'd flip it again still doesn't matter the energy is still shit or you make it like a paranormal house or something and do what live there and and hate your <laughs> life every day while you're being tortured by the souls that were yeah. tortured there yeah god i don't know doesn't sound like fun to me i wouldn't buy that house god that's but crazy we'll though. see we'll see how much it sells for it's kind of interesting tmz's been all over it so oh, I'm they sure. were my source watch, watch though watch if you know who zach uh begins is then you watch he he might go for it maybe i don't know how, he's I don't got know a if lot there's of anything money. haunted going on there well wow We'll see. He might just own it to say he owns John Wayne Gacy's because he he has la Pogo the Clown paintings in his haunted museum and stuff. Mm, okay, he's got some of his uh, artifacts, so he might go for it. But my next story is about the police, uh, because this is something that you know is. I mean, we've all encountered the police at one point or another, and almost every interaction it seems like it's a stressful situation when you encounter the police a lot of the times. I have had terrible experiences, but I've also had good experiences. It's hard to say, but most of my experiences have not been good, Yeah, to be honest. I mean, I've had a lot. Were you stressed out? Yes, very stressed out. That's and a problem. I have a fear of police. I have a, When I see a police car, oftentimes I'll be like scared. I think we all kind of like jump a little bit, you know, when, yeah. you, when you, or you start going, Oh yeah. shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! You got yeah. you police car tailing you. Get stress. You. It's like an anxiety. You're not doing anything, you're right? Automatically a stress factor. That's bad. Yeah, I know. That's bad. It's and it it's like obviously I want to make it clear we're not saying all police are like this. No, it's not the police fault. It's just the the actual persona and you know kind of what they've become as a whole has kind of changed over the years, and I think there's a lot of negative connotations put on the police mm-hmm. and. Yeah, we, we automatically right. associate our, you know, encounter with That's a police so officer with somebody else's. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to have a negative encounter with them, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I knew a lot of cops, especially back in the day. And I knew a lot of really, really good ones and just really good people that were yeah, doing the job too. correctly. I went mm-hmm. on a ton of ride alongs and I've seen a lot of really good police work yeah. and policing. And I've also seen some negative stuff where I'm like, these people should not be police officers. And right. they, they're just not built for it because it's a it's a hard job. I mean, it's super stressful yes. on them. Very They're putting their taxing. life on the line when they don't mm-hmm. know who you are. They have no idea if you're, you know, going to hurt them or try to, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. So that's why encounters are so stressful is because of just kind of where our society is mm-hmm. in general and just kind of how violent it is and how unpredictable it is. Yeah. But this very true. specific story actually has to do with mental health. And Denver actually... Denver, Colorado might become the eighth U.S. city to take cops out of mental health 911 calls. So there's so one of the biggest problems that we've seen is cops responding to incidents involving people that have mental health issues. And it could be from mild to severe uh, uh, ailments such as like schizophrenia to, you know, high anxiety even or people that are just straight up, you know, kind of out of their mind in a sense. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes the police are not trained properly to deal with somebody like that or not patient enough to deal with it. And somebody ends up getting hurt or killed even. Um, 
as we've seen with mm-hmm. with plenty of examples of that. Many. So they're trying to figure out how do we fix this because nobody should die on a welfare check, right? Right. If a cop is coming to a police officer is coming to check on an individual, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure they're okay because nobody's heard from them, and you know, somebody yeah. ends up dying because of this, and there's no reason for it. Yeah, that last one was the most horrific story. Yeah. Well, yeah, that welfare check was just blatantly should have never happened. You know, mm-hmm. She should have never been shot in the first place. But if you show up on a welfare check and the person's just kind of mentally ill mm-hmm. and they're acting kind of crazy or they're, you know, just out in the street right. with a knife. I mean, right. we've even seen on like live PD. Oh, um, you saw where, that. And my dad's neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just kind of, yeah. They're running around the street, lighting example. bottle rockets, naked, right. screaming. Yeah, exactly. So how do you deal with that? And should police deal with that? Or what some of these cities are starting to do, including what Denver's about to do, is they're in putting in place this program called Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets, or CAHOOTS. And basically, whenever there's a mental health-related 911 call, so I don't know the exact specifics of this. I don't know if it's, you know, if the individual that they're dealing with that they know has mental health issues that they're actually um, doing this, or if it's mm-hmm. just, you know, they show up in, on scene and it's clearly somebody that's mentally ill. And then they kind of police kind of take a step back and they send in a mental health professional mm-hmm. to deal with the, uh, the individual. And they've actually had a lot of success with it. So they send in a mental health professional that's not wearing a, a, a you know, a uniform or anything it's like way that. Less stressful. It's way less stressful. They might be able to de-escalate the situation right. without having to get physical. Or... I think the uniform can be a little intimidating at times. Like it's so important because yeah. that's how you identify police right, officers. Right. But it is also a little scary. Like you don't necessarily. Well, like, it's especially it's... if you're having a mental totally. episode, you totally. could totally be aff- more afraid of it. I Absolutely. Think coming from a therapist, mental health professional would be so much better. That makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. So they're gonna. They've been running this program in Los Angeles, Oakland, New York, Vancouver, and Portland, and uh, Denver's about to put it in place uh, because they've actually been struggling with a nine percent increase in mental health related nine one one calls over the past three years. Gosh, wow! And uh, like for example, in Eugene, uh, the city of Eugene, they diverted seventeen percent of the hundred thirty thousand calls through the Cahoots program in two thousand seventeen alone. Wow. So a lot of call, like a, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Like a lot of 911 calls probably do have to deal with people that are mentally ill that yes. need psychiatric help, not necessarily the police to come deal with I them. I bet if you asked, it's probably a good percentage of 911 calls too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look and look at the issue with people in prison that have mental yeah. health issues, that's true. It's a major problem. And, it is. And, you know, you can't exactly blame somebody for everything that they do because. No. Absolutely they're not, not mentally right. capable right. of dealing with the stress that they're under, the situation mm-hmm. they're in, mm-hmm. the environment. I think environment has so much to do with it, too, especially when we're dealing with people in prison that are mentally ill. Yeah, it's just crazy, though. And, you know, I hope hope it helps because, yeah, you got to figure this mental health issue out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just seems like a huge thing to tackle, though, you know. It is. It's really tricky too. Like, how do you know for sure if somebody's mentally ill or they're just acting like right. crazy or something? You know, they're just being stupid well, what or are, drunk. Well, how or, does like drugs or dr- yeah, drinking come into this? Well, I don't think that's the that's the examples that this program gets. Because they're not going to send like a therapist in for that. <laughs> no, 
calling the therapist. We got right. a drunk guy with a knife in the street or something. So, but how do you tell the difference sometimes? Well, I think in some cases they're starting to. They're starting to. Individuals that are making contact with police are, it's you know on your record. Like they mm-hmm. know that you're diagnosed with this, and they're starting to know how to deal with that. And plus, they are they have started training police departments on how to better deal with mental health or just people that are in crisis situations. You know, mm-hmm. like we we saw that one video um on live pd where the the individual was like kill me right they're having a mental health and that happens all the nightmare time where they want to have want death to be, by cop yeah suicide by cop and the cop's like no 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 i'm not going to shoot you i'm not going to mm-hmm. shoot you How and do you it's very patient that? you have to be patient but at the same time you got to make sure you, you keep yourself safe as the officer like right. this guy has a knife or a gun you know and how much training in mental health do police officers exactly get? you know it's exactly. not really their forte right so it i don't think that should really be expected of them after everything else they have to worry about you know it's true so it's kind of there honestly should be mental health professionals within the police department that exactly. like work with exactly. the officers it should be a part you know? of training it should yeah. be a part of or there's just the like a therapist interview process. in the department, like department therapists. Yeah, which I think there are some in some places, but yeah, there probably are not nearly enough. <laughs> yeah, because it's a mentally taxing job. You absolutely, as a cop, should have a therapist and be talking. Oh to yeah, somebody. No, about I just what meant like with. actual officers that are on. They're like officers, but they're trained in mental health as ah. well, so that they can come to scenes yeah. and still have some type of training for the situation because like like, what if you're in a dangerous situation you're just a therapist like no like there are like hostage negotiation type people are trained to deal with people like that okay like they go to they go to special training where they they learn how to just talk talk with a a person like that but on another note it would be good for them to have therapists in the departments for police to talk to as well because it is a very taxing job mentally yeah. And there's probably a lot you need to talk about. I'd, I'd be wanting to talk to someone just about all the other, you know, drama around yeah. police yeah. in general. I'd have anxiety if I was a police officer just because there's, it's very, I don't know, the job's very difficult. It's very difficult. And it well, would be nice for them to have someone to talk situations to. every day. But I wonder if that's a thing already. You it, should it let is. us know. It is. There some, some departments do have, okay. have like therapists and counsel people Good. to talk to. Good. But like small departments that don't have the right. resources or money may not. May not. And right. some a lot of times when these incidents happen where mental health, you know, plays a role in, in somebody that gets killed or, you know, shot or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's a, it's in a department that doesn't have the resources available to them to really deal with those situations. And they're understaffed, under underfunded. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it, it creates a really bad situation. Totally. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting because it's a really big problem that we need to deal with. All right. So this last one actually came to us from a subscriber. Shout out to you, Serena. She took two of our baby bunnies and she lives in Texas. Um, But she told me about the Superman curse. Oh, have you heard of this? I have not heard of the Superman curse. Yeah. Well, which also I did want to say we are going to take um, requests from you guys for future podcasts and Ponder Sesh episodes. We're going to have a link in the bio for the next episode. In the bio? Yeah, in the bio. In the descript? I guess that's not like on podcasts. I'm a YouTuber. No, in the show notes, guys. We'll put the show notes. Oh, okay. The form link. Yeah, it'll be there for future um, requests. If you have something that you're like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to hear them talk about this. You can submit it there. Yeah. So what's the Superman curse? Okay, so basically everyone who has played Superman on like a professional setting 
in the past okay. has either had something really bad happen to them they physically or they've died or their career kind of fizzled out. They just haven't had good luck since playing the role of Superman. Mm. So people think that there's a Superman curse. Interesting. So Kirk Allen was the first actor to portray Superman starring in two 15 minute epi- or two 15 episode film series for Columbia Studios starting in 1948. Superman and the Adam Man versus Superman. He began his career as a chorus boy and then worked his way up through the acting ranks to his co-starring role in Republic Studios, and they gave him his final big break. Hmm. But then the studio executives at Columbia Pictures took note that he had a really strong resemblance to Clark Kent. The actual character. Yeah. And then eventually they cast him as a mild-mannered reporter, Um, but he wasn't as well-known so they kept his name out of the credits in Superman. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of the start of his bad luck. They didn't even credit him. That sucks. For the parts that he did play. <laughs> um, yeah, that's shitty. Yeah. What the hell? So then he wasn't able to kind of get his career going after that. Yeah, because nobody even knew who he was. Who, no. Who was playing Superman. Yeah. And he kind of only had the Superman vibe. Like when he would go in for other auditions, people like knew him in the industry as Superman. So he like wasn't able to get any roles. Gotcha. Going forward. So, I mean, his it's kind of a stretch. His is probably the least interesting, um, but he kind of like fizzled out. So they definitely use him as part of the theory. Uh, But in his finals years, he did struggle from Alzheimer's disease and died um, in, you know, Reg, you know, people didn't really know who he was for the most part. Like he didn't he really get recognition. Like this unknown, yeah, unknown actor that played a really iconic character, and yet nobody knew who he was, and essentially died as a no namer. Exactly. Much. Yeah. yeah. So he was kind of yeah. And then there's George Reeves, who was the first television Superman, and he was in both a 1951 film and The Adventures of Superman TV show that ran for six years, starting in 1952. But after five successful seasons, Superman was canceled in 1958, and he struggled to find work after that. And then on June 16th, 1959, the actor was actually found dead in his bedroom during a party at his house. And the cause of death was a gunshot wound to his head. Oh, shit. Which the police ruled this a suicide, but there were testimonies of like a bunch of drunk guests, which they yeah. really kind of haven't like, been who able knows to figure if it out. They really knew what was going on. Yeah. So it's been kind of inconclusive, but there's, you know, quite a bit of murder rumors and there's, you know, People that say there's even physical evidence that he was possibly murdered. Interesting. So that's bad luck. And then there's probably the most famous case, Christopher Reeve, um, who did classical acting training at Cornell. And then he uh, first did his first Superman movie, 1978, in Superman. And they did three sequels for that as well. Right. Then in 1995, he had an accident. Um, He was actually really into horses and he rode horses. He did competing and, you know, what is it called? Equestrian. Equestrian training. Where you're like riding around and and jumping over stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I tried that. My mom put me in classes. I did it twice and then quit because the smell. Yeah. I've never done equestrian. I've always been a Western. Or maybe I did that. I did like where you like ride around little circles and jump on stuff and everything. That's My mom put me in that. Unless, unless you're running around barrels or lassoing, that's Western. Yeah, I mean, I never made it to anything like that. <laughs> it was like learn how to walk on the horse. Yeah. 
where they like make you do like trot and then yeah. do like yeah different yeah. types of riding. It's pretty difficult and like you know the reason yeah, why it's it so hard is because you got to make sure that the horse doesn't throw you. Yeah, which that's what happened to him. He was thrown from the mountain, suffered from a broken neck. Shit. Yeah, it was really bad. And the accident left him a lifelong quadriplegic. Shit, man. Dependent on a respirator. God, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it didn't let him slow him down too much. He continued to act. It actually became a vocal advocate for those suffering from paralysis. Um, but despite beating the odds, he and getting some, you know, feeling back in his limbs, he did die from pneumonia, which was a complication of his condition at the age of 52. Died young. Yeah, so people think it's a curse. Is it just, you know, by chance? Then there's Lee John Quigley, who was cast as Superman when he was only seven months old, appearing alongside Marlon Brando in the 1978 version of Superman. Um, As a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, But then he actually died due to complications from solvent abuse at age 14. Wow. Solvent abuse. So anybody that's directly involved with Superman or either played plays the, yeah. any shape, form of Superman in, in the films right? They has think, issues. Yeah. But there's also some people that think that it's connected to other actors as well in the franchise, such as Marlon Brando. He had some issues as well. So it's not really a curse. It's a complete... No, and then... And then there's Richard Pryor, who played the computer hacker in Superman 3... And he lit himself on fire during a binge and later developed multiple sclerosis. But lit himself on fire during a drug binge. Jesus. So maybe it's just, you know, not necessarily a curse, but it's just Hollywood for you. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like to me. Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. That's, that might be I'm right. Sorry, that was funny. Is it Margaret or Margaret? Margaret. <laughs> Margaret Kidder. She played uh, Lois Lane. And then she went on to suffer bipolar disorder and addiction, which, you know, left havoc hmm. on her life and derailed her career. But again, that's Hollywood for you. That's the thing is like so many people, so many famous actors and have issues. Like you could say there's a curse and, on every yeah. franchise. Almost, I don't know. You know, it is kind of interesting. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about that. The Superman curse. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I don't know how much there I bet is there's, to it, I but I wanted to share. There's other characters that have curses behind them. I'm sure oh, there are. And this is one more interesting thing. People think that the curse was originally started by the hero's creators, uh, the who actually came yeah. up with Superman. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And they sold the rights to Superman early on for only $130. To DC they got Comics, off, man. yep, and they spent the rest of their lives trying to recover legal ownership over the gold, ma- gold mine that is Superman. I bet they were trying yeah. to get it back because they're like, "Damn, isn't that we didn't crazy?" Realize that this would turn into a multi-billion-dollar franchise. Like, yeah, damn. exactly. And then the hundred thirty-dollar check sold it in auction in twenty twelve oh, for a hundred sixty grand. Damn, <laughs> how insane is that? So it's not like a curse in the fact of like I'm placing a curse on. No. It's not like they got together. Like there's not gonna, much to it. We're gonna curse Superman and <laughs> no. curse anybody that ever plays Superman. But it's, it's interesting coincidences that all add up to thinking maybe a curse, right? Or it's just kind of a figure of speech, a curse. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though. It is very weird. The last little story that I've got is something that happened recently that was actually pretty, pretty. 
crazy to see really because it had to do with Edward Snowden, who is a whistleblower, a former employee and contractor for both the CIA and NSA, who leaked highly classified information about a number of widespread government programs that were used to surveil us without our knowledge. Mm. Um, if you guys remember when all that went down uh, a few years ago, or maybe it's been longer than that. But Joe yeah. Rogan um, actually had him on the podcast virtually. Wow, that's cool. And uh, got to talk to him because he's exiled in Russia right now. Yeah, what a crazy guest to have on your podcast. Yeah, God, yeah. Joe Rogan gets the best guests. He does. He gets the craziest guests. He does. But of course, you know, while interviewing him, they got into a bunch of different topics. But one thing in particular that Joe had to ask about, of course, and I'm glad he did, was if Edward Snowden had ever come across any sort of information that would tell us if, you know, the government's hiding information on aliens or not. Right. And (laughs) of course, he was he kind of like kind of laughed about it at first. He was like, of course, you'd like want to know that. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But basically what he said is, quote unquote, for the record, as far as I could tell, aliens have never contacted Earth, or at least they haven't contacted U.S. intelligence, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Very interesting. Does that mean he just doesn't know, though? He hasn't come across the information? or Well, he said that... He's probably seen so much. He Well, he had, like, uh, unlimited access to the NSA, the CIA, all these different computer systems and files. And, I mean, if he found this top-secret surveillance program... That was classified. Mm. You think he's like, I had access to everything pretty much. And there was nothing in there about aliens. Wow. But, you know, maybe, I mean, the flip side is a lot of people be like, well, of course he didn't, you didn't find him because it's that compartmentalized that even him, Snowden you know, a contractor or a hacker wouldn't be able to get to it because <laughs> it's hidden that well. But at the same time, it's like, well, maybe he's, he's, he's you know, that's the truth. They don't have information about that. Yeah, they may not. Um, wow. But he also said, uh, yeah, he also said that, yes, man really did land on the moon. Climate change (laughs) is real and chemtrails are not a thing. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's confirmed confirmed all all the things I was thinking. But do you trust him? Do you trust Edward Snowden? Wait, what are the three things he said again? Chemtrails are not real. Chemtrails are not a thing. Climate change is real. And man really did land on the moon. Okay. Which I agree with. Yeah. All those things. Chemtrails. I'm still, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen enough evidence to say for sure, but it's an interesting theory. It's interesting. I don't know. I guess I can't speak enough on it without doing full research on it. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe we need to do like full podcast before we completely decide. But from what I have seen, there's not like enough evidence. I haven't seen anything like compelling enough. Not really. Not really. I mean, there's some stuff, but it's just like with any conspiracy, you know, it's like, what are the sources? Where is it coming from? Right. And yeah, you just don't really know. Mm hmm. But he went on to say that, you know, but the idea that we're hiding them, if we are hiding them, I had ridiculous access to the networks of the NSA, the CIA, the military, all these groups. I couldn't find anything. So if it's hidden and it could be hidden, it's hidden really damn well, even from people who are on the inside. Wow. He was like scouring. Yeah. So much information, so so much classified stuff. Honestly, I'm surprised we need to get leaked more stuff. Yeah. But then again, I think, you know. I think these agencies are smarter than they lead on. And yeah, he was able to get access to them and, and look around, but come on, like there's secrets there that they have. Nobody even knows how to access them except for like a couple people. And those people are unknown to us or the, or the systems are not even in the government systems. Like 
if the government was smart, they would put all of that top secret classified information that could potentially, because if you think about it, all these government agencies are being hacked all the time. They're being attacked all the time, all day, every day. And we're attacked in the NSA and all of our intelligence groups are attacking other countries, networks and and computer systems, trying to gain spying and gain information from, from them. So if it was something as crazy as aliens, why would, you know, and they really didn't want the public to know about that, then why would they put that in their government computer systems? They would put it off site somewhere. You know, there's probably some off site, unknown underground data center that has all this information in it that is not even remotely on the same network that, you know, all this other information he gathered from. It's like surveillance programs, aliens. It's like, are they going to be, you know, even in the remotely same server or you know section of the network right i mean he definitely could have just not seen Mm -hmm. the files Mm -hmm. if there are any i don't know it's hard to say it's really interesting to hear that from him because i mean like if anyone's gonna spill the tea it's him right he would know you know if if it was like blatantly there he would know and he would have told us that it was there that's interesting Hmm. so yeah i don't know man it's it's very interesting but yeah, it's a definitely a good podcast to listen to um, if you're looking for something. Yeah, I got to listen to that. It's really We got a flight. We're about to head out of town tomorrow to work on a project for YouTube. We are. We and, are. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll listen to it on the podcast or on the, on the flight. God, I'm like getting really tired. A project together too. Yeah, we are working. I'm teaming up with Kendall. Yes. To work on a very sneak preview. Very here. interesting uh, project for sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited it's for gonna everyone be, to see it. Yeah. But we're yeah we're stressing out because we're leaving on our flight in less than twelve hours. Yeah, shit's going down. It's crazy. It's a big challenge for us, but we're excited. Very much so. But we'll still be back with another episode next week because we're only gonna be there a few days. Yes, very true. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Mile Higher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give us a like and thumbs up and subscribe and follow us on twitter and yes at mile higher pod on twitter at mile higher podcast on instagram yes run by janelle but that's it that's it see you guys next week stay safe and stay woke